on the floor. Welcome to the show. What is going on? Happy Wednesday. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The Beat Calendar Show, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Thank you to the Mecklenburg County Young Republicans for the invitation to go speak at their event last night. Had a good time chatting with the Utes. And um, it's weird, like, being the oldest guy in the room. But luckily, uh, Neil Moore and Bill Brawley showed up, so uh, I didn't have to be that guy. No, it was great to see... It was great to see some old friends there as well. I uh, appreciate the invitation. I had a great time. So, um, no, really, there are like peanut shells on the floor over here. What's up? I thought we're not allowed to eat food in the studio. What's going on? What's that about? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch the third rail here a little bit and just point out, I just need to set the record straight here. I do not make a quarter of a million dollars for... Uh, 15 months worth of work, okay? I that, I do not make that kind of money. I don't know what the arrangement was. Former Governor Pat McCrory, uh, WRAL, did a big story about all of the compensation that the various candidates make or made. And the headline, he made how much in radio? Financial disclosures break down wealth for McCrory and other U.S. Senate candidates. Now, I find this to be intriguing for a number of reasons. Uh, Well, I mean, the personal one I just set aside because, again, like I'm just because people asked me at the event last night because they had seen this story. And I just want to let you know, not even in the same ballpark. Okay, and now thinking about it, as Gary pointed out, he could have left me the chair. He totally could have left me the chair. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> um, but I found this to be an intriguing story for uh, main for one main reason was it was another example yet again of how other media outlets just do not like to put the call letters of a talk radio station, particularly WBT, in a news story. And this was the second offense from WRAL. Now, I will give credit where it is due. Travis Fain, the reporter, along with Matthew Burns, but Travis Fain responded to, okay, fine, yes, it it was a little snarky. It was a little sarcastic on my part. I fully acknowledge this. But I went on to the Twitter machine and I said that there's no better example of the pettiness of North Carolina politics or political uh, media outlets than their refusal to name talk radio stations call letters. This has been something I've noticed literally for decades. This is not new, okay? And in this story, WRAL mentions every single employer of every candidate, even some of the candidate's spouses' employers, mentions them all by name, except for one. The one that's in the headline of the story. They don't ever mention that he worked here. They call it radio. They call it his top-rated Charlotte radio show. They call it, uh, later on, a morning show and talk radio. They never call it WBT. What is up with that? 
Also, oh, and so I pointed this out and I had some fun and it got some traction. It got some of the likes. That's how you get the likes. And um, the reporter, Travis Fain, responded to me saying, it's not pettiness. It was just an oversight. He's happy to add it and will do so now. And so he went back and put in, to his credit, he put in WBT. I mean, he put it like on page, like halfway through page two. Not in the headline, of course. I mean, you know, look, baby steps here, people, baby steps. This is just one of the things. The same thing happened up in Asheville. We put together this big banner signing uh, uh, thing for, uh, remember after the shooting in Chattanooga at the... uh, at the recruiting station. Remember that guy jumped out screaming Aloha salad bar or something and uh, murdered rec- uh, 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 military personnel at the recruitment station. Yeah. N- uh, yeah. We may never know what the motive was for that, but we, we put together this big banner signing thing, you know, uh, Chattanooga strong or something like that. And we, and we sent it off. We had all these people in the community come out, sign the banner, best wishes, thoughts and prayers, sent it to the folks at the, uh, the recruiting station to let them know that, we were thinking about him. Got some media coverage out of it. Local TV station shows up. I'm calling it a local TV station because that's what they called us. A local radio station. It's like, really? I always give credit where it uh, uh, for uh, to media outlets for their stories. Always. I tell you where I get the stories. I tell you the website, right? If it's just a website, if it's a TV station, I'll tell you the TV station. I Usually I try to make a point to tell you who the reporters are as well. It's important. It's information. It's citing your sources. <laughs> um, also, WRAL, this is the second time they did it. Because while well, he says, oh, it was just an oversight, I said, look, man, after 20 years of witnessing similar oversights, I hope you can forgive me for not giving you more of a benefit of the doubt on this. For example, the fact check that y'all did on a McCrory quote from my show on October 8th, also admit, uh, omitted the WBT call letters. So forgive me if I'm a little sensitive to the the slight here, the overslight, sorry, oversight that always goes one direction. I'll tell you about the Charlotte Observer's oversighting for like 20 years until a riot broke out. Um... I don't know. Are there riots on the streets right now? I don't know. Boomer, are there riots on the streets right now? Tell us. All remains calm at this oh, time. News Talk 1110 WBT. WRAL.com doing the story. Headline, he made how much in radio? Financial disclosures break down wealth for McCrory, other U.S. Senate candidates. And the story starts off, former Governor Pat McCrory made $286,000 over about 15 months to host his top-rated Charlotte radio show. Seriously, like, three letters, guys. W-B-T. Just three letters. It doesn't even take up that much room. Three letters. It's TV. According to paperwork that his campaign filed in North Carolina's 2022 U.S. Senate race. By the way, I did the math on that. $19,000 a month. Again, for the record, I don't make anywhere near that amount of money. Okay, that's... People think like, oh, well, Pete got hired after Pat left, and so... All right, no, they did not give me that money. Just a heads up. (laughs) I did not get that. But uh, $19,000, that's the kind... That's like producer Ryan money. 
Former, <laughs> former North Carolina. I have a different lifestyle, Pete. <laughs> That's the kind of money you get paid to keep you out of trouble. All right. Um, <laughs> hang on a second. Let me let me do this real quick. Hello. Welcome to the program. Who's this? Who am I talking with? Who's this? You're speaking with your old friend, Joe Huss. Joe Huss, what's going on? Well, I'm trying to find out. I called just about everybody you can think of to find out well, how many personnel mm-hmm. are in the Charlotte Police Department. Okay. I spoke to their human relations department. Yeah. I called 311. I ended up going to, talking to the county manager. Yeah. I was... Uh, well, the CMPD, uh, the city, that's a city department. <clears throat> well, I really, that's what she told me. Yeah. You know, even though it's county, it's CMPD, it's county Mecklenburg, it's, you know, Charlotte Mecklenburg Police. Right, but they consolidate. Yeah. the county. Yeah, the county has no, they, remember in the when they did the consolidation, I don't know, what, 30, 40 years ago, well, 40 years ago, I guess, um, like the sheriff's office, the split, because the remember Mecklenburg did used to have its own police department, but they, so they, they separated it all out in Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department's a city organization. But hang on, I can, uh, if you're looking for an answer to this, let me, I can Google that for you. And the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department is an organization with an impeccable reputation of excellence, integrity, and service, according to their website, comprised of more than 1,800 sworn officers and 400 civilian employees. There you go. So 1,800? More than 1,800 sworn officers and 400 civilian employees. Okay. All right. That's significantly less than what I had one police officer tell me. Okay. Anything but else I can Google was, for you? you just, so... You know, you would think there's a pie chart that Charlotte Mecklenburg would produce to, you know, show these things and percentage of the budget. Yeah, they do. You know. Yeah, they do. Do you have the Internet? Well, I have it on my phone. That's it. Right. So if you uh, go to the city's website, um, I think it's actually, you can look up, um, I'm trying to remember where it is. If, I guess if you go to, like, city council, maybe, or it might even just be on their landing page. Uh, there should be direct links to the budget and then to a budget presentation, uh, sort of like a, an executive summary, and uh, they'll break down all of that for you with charts and stuff. Well, that's what I would have thought, but I called 311 to see if they knew anything about it. They, they don't know. Did. They don't even know stuff about water main breaks. Do you think they're going to know the the budget? <laughs> well, not... <laughs> I think they would know where to go. Right. Information like that. Yeah, go to the city uh, the city government's uh, website. It used to be charmec.org, but it's not anymore. What is it called? It's like charlotte. Charlotte NC. I think that's what it is now. Charlotte NC. Well, that's the problem. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you just look on Google, just Google it. Go to Google and type in Charlotte, uh, 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 or maybe city of... Charlotte, and then if I hit enter on that, now to be fair, I am using DuckDuckGo as a thing. Yeah, there you go, charlottenc.gov. That's the website, charlottenc.gov. Anything else I can Google for you? All right, I'll check that out. All right. All right, well, All right. thank you for taking my call. My yes, friend. sir, you're welcome. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Um, see, that's what I'm about here. 
solving problems. Solving problems. One episode at a time. Every single day. And eventually we're going to do it. Eventually we will solve all of the world's problems. You just have to listen long enough. We should do it. We should do a segment where it's Google with <laughs> Google with Pete. Google with Pete. Pete Google's your questions. No, I could see the rail going off the rails on that very quickly. People telling me to Google things that they already know is that will yield me something <clears throat> that I don't want to see and can never unsee. All right. So uh, this WRAL story. Oh, I forgot. All right. Before I got pay pay off the tease, pay off the, the the front promotion here, which was that I said before the break that the Charlotte Observer for like decades engaged in this oversight. That's what I'm calling it, oversight. Because they say, oh, it's a mere oversight. We told it we didn't name your your station. Mm-hmm. So you know how every 4th of July, every Independence Day, there'd be the big Sky Show celebration, the big fireworks display, right? Because what better way to show your love of the country than to blow up a small piece of it? And uh, we would put on the Sky Show, we being WBT. And when I say WBT, I don't mean like, oh, we would, you know, hire people to do it all for us. I mean, we we got volunteers and we got uh, uh, independent contractors to, you know, blow stuff up. But we all worked it. Like, I would ride around clearing the fall zones as a reporter, like after I would file all my stories and stuff. I would have to drive all around and tell people, get out of here! You know, I had to tell them, move away from the uh, the corner because that's where all of the, the debris was going to land. So we all worked it. Everybody in the building, everybody in uh, uh, in the three stations, we, we worked it. And so whenever the Charlotte Observer would mention the Sky Show, they would never put our name on it. It was always just the Sky Show. Until the year when a whole bunch of people showed up after the fireworks were over, took the buses into downtown, and then riots broke out, fighting broke out. And then, then the next day's coverage, it was the WBT Sky Show and all of the problems that erupted afterwards. So what do you think? New segment, benchmark. Let Pete Google that for you. Could work. Maybe. There are no bad ideas under the cone of creativity. That's one of our rules. Okay. Former Governor Pam McCory made $286,000 over about 15 months to host his top-rated Charlotte radio show, according to paperwork his campaign filed in North Carolina's 2022 U.S. Senate race. This is the story that WRAL posted up. And by the way, just for the record here, people think that I'm having a little bit of fun at WRAL's expense and... Uh, True. That is, yeah, that is completely true. Uh, I am. And uh, guys, you know, look, just think of it as if I'm a political cartoonist. Like you guys use. Right? Just think of me like that, except my brush is the microwave or the microphone. (laughs) Dang it. So close. So close to a great promo for Ryan. Oh, well. State Senator Jeff Jackson. Oh, hang on. I skipped a sentence. Because this one's actually pretty important. 
Former North Carolina Supreme Court Chief Justice Sherry Beasley made a quarter of a million dollars for eight months worth of work. Let me see here. So, Corey at 286 for 15 months. Supreme Court Chief Justice Beasley, quarter of a million for eight months. So, if I were to multiply eight months times two to get to roughly the same time period as Macquarie. And that's like half a million dollars. That's more. She made twice as much money as Macquarie did in a year working for one of the state's best known law firms. State Senator Jeff Jackson, Democrat Mecklenburg traded cryptocurrency in the last year or so. And the 13th district Congressman Ted Budd's, Indoor gun range and shop brought in about $1.2 million over the last year and a half. Former Congressman Mark Walker and former State Senator Erica Smith have very few assets. Um, These are some of the takeaways from required financial disclosures for North Carolina's U.S. Senate candidates. The forms give a glimpse of each candidate's net worth and a snapshot of their investments and their work. And then they do a little bit, a uh, little write-up on each of the candidates, a little bit of a deep dive, though not very deep. And so McCrory, they say, and this is now changed, by the way, after I pointed out the pettiness of not naming the station in Charlotte, the biggest city. You know, like, you, it just seems to me like you would identify that considering you've identified, like, he, they, don't, they did not identify, it was an oversight. So says the reporter afterwards, and he went back and put in WBT. And, you know, maybe I'm being petty in this. I'm just, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just tired of it. I'm kind of tired of it. I'm, I'm fed up with these reporters and their pettiness not naming a source. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. Like, you should name it because, like, I have an ego that you have to stroke. It's not my station. It's not my show, right? I don't derive any benefit financially from you naming it it's just good practice it's good journalism and you also named every other employer including for Macquarie he's got uh he also listed uh he also listed 28 grand in income from 74 leadership which is a it's a small business that the governor uses and he, he runs uh, like if he's on boards and stuff and they, you know, you pay, the, you know, if you're on a board of directors that pays, you get an, like an honorarium and you got to file it. So you set up your own LLC or something. And I have an LLC and you push your business income and expenses through that. Right. So he had some income from that. They named that seven, four leadership. Got it. Got to know that they list all of the stocks that he has. They talk about Ted Budd and his uh, triad area gun range called Pro Shots. They name that. They name Bud Management. They name the Bud Group, which is the janitorial company started by Bud's dad. You got Mark Walker, um, his wife's salary. They name her employer, Wake Forest Baptist. Then you go over to the Democrat side of the aisle. You got Sherry Beasley, who worked for McGuire Woods. Was that McGuire Woods? Was that the one that just put out? Hang on, let me double check this. I'm just, hang on. I'm literally just making this connection right now. Is it, is it McGuire Woods? Do, 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 do that sent out the, uh, the polling or the survey. I got, I I got forwarded something a couple of uh, days ago that, do, 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 um, 
is a consulting firm. It is McGuire Woods. There you go. They have a political influencer list, <clears throat> which is makes sense. They're like very large lobbying firm, and they, you know, they 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 sent out this list to influencers and people who work in politics and government and business and whatever, and they asked them all sorts of questions about media. And this makes sense because if you are, you know, in the business of PR and lobbying, you want to know where, uh, you know, where to put your messages, what, uh, you know, where people get their news from and that sort of thing. And so they asked all these questions and like they did WBT showed up and there was like, I don't even know, like 40 questions in this thing. Is it still active? It's got to be taken down by now. Let me see. No, it says that. Yeah, it says it's expired. So I can't see it now. Uh, but this was a little while ago. I, somebody forwarded it to me, and they said, hey. And they were pointing out that I'm not on it. Like, okay, whatever. I'm not on it. Um, I, fine. It's not like I've been covering, you know, state politics for like a decade. It's fine. Whatever. Like, I don't care. But the 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 station isn't on it. There were, Vince Coakley was the only person from the station listed on, the, uh, on this McGuire Woods survey. I don't know. I know. Well, yeah. Just an oversight. <laughs> just an oversight right the station that mccrory worked at that was no he had the number one show on and that's an oversight I, all right yeah okay it could happen i guess repeatedly every single time the same way so sherry beasley worked uh worked for mcguire woods they gave her a quarter of a million dollars for eight months worth of work um she also draws the pension as former judge uh jeff jackson he's an attorney at womble bond dickinson uh, he pulls down almost a hundred k. He's got uh, state senator income. He's got national guardsman income. He's got some cryptocurrency. And then um, Erica Smith, a former state senator, and uh, they've got a whole bunch of places where she has worked as an instructor at Greensville County Public Schools in Emporia, Virginia, and Cool Spring Missionary Baptist Church in Gaston. But the form does not list any current income. So we get all of that. But a simple oversight about WBT, the call letter, the station that the guy in the headline. Congratulations, kitties. You got a four-day weekend coming up, right? Day after Halloween now. Charlotte Mecklenburg Board of Education voted to make November 1st a teacher work day. Last night, Superintendent Ernest Winston said that he would add three half days which is a day and a half, if my math is correct. He's going to add three half days to the school calendar. Those are going to be November 17th, February 9th, and March 30th. He would add three half days to the school calendar, making all of those half days for students. The intention is to give back some planning time to many teachers who are stretched thin with high absenteeism among colleagues and a substitute shortage. The changes will also allow additional time for new state-mandated professional development. Also, as I understand it, a lot of, uh, a lot of adults don't want to be around kids after they've ingested that much sugar. I think that's also part of the deal. After-school enrichment programs will be open to serve families November 1st, teachers assistants... Another nine-month staff, like bus drivers, child nutrition workers, uh, they will work that day. So um, unless you take an annual leave day, um, you don't get the day off. 
in other action. The Charlotte-Mecklenburg School Board held a public hearing on proposed boundaries for an elementary school and a high school opening next fall. Oh, gosh, I just missed the excitement of the student assignment boundary line debates. Man. The board will vote on the assignment boundaries at its regular meeting coming up on November 9th. The new elementary school in southeast Charlotte will relieve overcrowding at Bain, as well as Lebanon Road and Piney Grove Elementary Schools, students in the fifth grade. Um, in the year 2022-23 school year will not be reassigned. I'm just reading this from their press release, by the way. The new high school will relieve overcrowding at Olympic. Students who will be in the 12th grade next school year will be assigned to Olympic High. Okay, so there you go. That's CMS. Uh, Yeah, giving all the kids the day off after Halloween. Um, I I mean, I guess it makes sense. I don't know. I mean, I, I... wasn't aware. I know the teachers union went up to uh, Raleigh to demand more money because they apparently that's why everybody is quitting. Right. They say there are like 500 uh, teachers who have left the job. Uh, and, and look, I, I, I don't know what all of uh, their motivations are. I don't. Luckily, though, they ask. There are surveys that come out um, and I usually read those surveys that the uh, state does of teachers who leave the, the job. And by the way, the vast majority of people who do leave the teaching profession, you know why they leave, right? Because they got to work the day after Halloween. No, they leave because they're, they're retiring. They leave to go teach in another school district in the state. They leave because their spouse, this is actually, uh, it's usually one of the top three reasons is, uh, that their spouse is taking a job someplace else, and so they are leaving to go with the spouse who has the other job that is located someplace else. Which makes sense if you think about it, because being a teacher is very much a transferable type of position, right? You can be a teacher almost anywhere in America, right? I mean, yeah, you're going to have to get your certifications and that sort of thing, whatever, if the states require it. But a lot of states now accept, you know, other states' certifications and, and such. And so if you have a spouse who gets a job transfer or another job in a different state or different city in, this, in North Carolina, then it's easier for you to go find work in that other And look, my wife and I, we've had this very conversation many times. Not that she's a teacher, but she's a paralegal. And that is, there are way more openings for paralegals than there are radio hosts, right? Especially if you're pulling down like a quarter million like I was. I mean, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, there's, there, there are not as many jobs like this. I mean, like you can literally count on two hands how many people have these jobs in North Carolina. And WBT accounts for like half of them. Like, I'm not kidding. It's that exclusive. We're privileged to have these posts. Ryan, privilege. You're privileged. I got to keep saying that to him. You don't want your producers, you know, to get too big of a head here. So that's why you got to constantly, you got to, you know, keep them in the guardrails. Um, According to WBTV story on the CMS Board of Education vote, it's not a bad idea to give students the day off from school especially when Halloween falls on a Sunday night. 
There was already a planned teacher workday for Tuesday, so it just makes sense to give them Monday off as well. Some parents fear that a long weekend could contribute to more learning loss for students, though. But don't worry. You do not have to worry about learning loss. After all, the head of the teachers' union, don't call it a union, the North Carolina Association of Educators, uh, Tamika Walker-Kelly, she uh, she said, remember, that uh, learning loss is a myth. It, it doesn't happen. So don't worry. You don't have to worry about a four-day weekend impacting the kids' learning loss because it doesn't happen. Yes. Correct, Ray. Hang on. Hello, Ray. Can I call uh, you, Ray? Uh, a quick one. The, yeah. um, you mentioned about the, school, the students are not there Monday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the bus driver's working. Yeah. Who who are they going to haul? These are questions best left to the experts, Ray. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Um, according to the press release here, do, 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 uh, teacher assistants and other nine-month staff, such as bus drivers and child nutrition workers, will work that day unless they take annual leave. Is the answer on Google? I only do one Google request a day. That's it. So we're not double up, uh, doubling up on the uh, let Pete Google that for you benchmark segment. Uh, now, this is interesting, though, the, uh, that the, the child nutrition workers, that they're going to work. Is that, is that the lunch staff, the prepared meals, like the culinary folks? Is that the, the people who cook? Is that what they're called now? Child nutrition workers? Which... Yeah. Child nutrition, really? No, no, no. I know. Like, I made a, I made a comment about this a couple of years ago, and I got all these like these letters and hate mail. Like, they actually make decent food now. You're, you know, biased as a Gen Xer. They've come a long way. Yes, they have. Okay, fine. They've come a long way since the the rectangles, uh, cardboard pizza, and the vegetable, quote unquote, of mac and cheese on the side. Okay, fine. They've come a long way. But why are you there cooking all of this food if the kids aren't there? Maybe because the kids can still come get the food? Is that the deal? Like, this was one of the things that we did, right? When the schools all shut down because of COVID, they they were still delivering meals. Is that the point? Because otherwise, like, I might just run on over to some schools and get some food day after Halloween. I'm just spitballing ideas here.